This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. I'm joined by Eric for the latest edition of Spoiling Star Wars with Eric. Eric, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. And we are talking about Rogue One, which I'm going to just ask you right away. Is this considered a Skywalker saga film? No, it is not. It connects in with the storyline because, you know, spoiler alert, the, this movie ends pretty much right where episode four picks up and therefore, you know, sort of keys in. But this is not considered to be part of the, the Skywalker saga. It is, a, it is the first of the standalone Star Wars films. How do you feel about that? Oh, not necessarily the movie itself, but, but with there being movies that don't involve the Skywalkers. Well, I mean, I think we discussed it on one of our last spoiling Star Wars when it comes to The Mandalorian is that I believe it was a series finale where we don't necessarily think that everything has to be surrounded by, you know, Skywalkers and Tatooine. Like, it's nice to have other stories and other people and, uh, you know, other walks of life and, and everything not directly tied to Skywalkers. Now, in this case, it was still directly tied to Rebellion slash Empire. Right. And I'm fine. I'm fine with whatever you want to put out there. I mean, the fact is, when we think about it, the Star Wars world, universe, galaxy, whatever, is full of planets and, and species and humans and stories. So that you got a lot to tell, you know. Um, and I don't, I don't require to have to connect to the original film, even though this one did. What's yeah. your thoughts? Oh, uh, hard agree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I I found it I found it refreshing that. You know, there there's something that doesn't involve the same cast of you know seven or eight characters. Um, <laughs> you know, just because there is there is so much of a universe to to explore, and it's good to see some other other viewpoints on that. You know, I think the closest we came to a Skywalker was you know at the very end we had a CGI Princess Leia. At the very end we had you know Darth Vader, but. You know, outside of that, I think the closest you got was there was like 30 seconds and maybe two spoken lines from Bail Organa. Yeah, not much. There was a a half second bit there with uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, which I thought was fine. I thought was nice. It, you know, those those people were in places that it would make sense that they would be at that point in time. Like, I don't feel like they were shoehorned in, but it wasn't all about them. It was a whole, whole different thing. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I don't have any issues with it. So, I mean, overall, the story itself, I didn't know what to expect. This movie came out in 2016, so it came out right after, what, The Force Awakens and before The Last yeah. Jedi? Correct. So, Correct. It, so they're running high. It puts you back in time. You know, Star Wars fans are pretty much running high because I think, and, you know, there's always your critics, but I believe The Force Awakens was pretty critically acclaimed or at least fan, the fans were excited. Right. I remember from my perspective, I was I was excited that Star Wars is back. You got this new technology. Things didn't look hokey or cheesy. And you had these new characters that you were into and you're waiting for the next film. I think with that one, I think there there were complaints that, oh, this is a little too, you know, episode four rebooty. 
sort of a thing. But I think for the most part, people were happy that there was Star Wars. We yeah, didn't get gotten, as crazy. We'd not yet gotten into the mad fanboy, rabid, barking Ruined up trees situation yeah. that you end up getting once, you know, some of the other movies come out and everyone gets all butthurt about this or that or whatever trivial thing. Uh, yeah, they were yeah. still riding pretty high. Yeah. So so the, when this one came out, I remember I saw it in the theaters and I didn't know necessarily what to expect. I mean, I think it's been it was a throwaway line in A New Hope about Rogue One and and uh, what Mon Mothra mentioned, you know, many bongans or so, what did she say? Something died or something. I don't remember what. Wow. Species. Wow. You, you, <laughs> you, you are just borking this up. So Mon Mothra said that many Bothans died to get us that. And that was in reference to the plans for the second Death Star. Okay. You, were, well, you got all your wires crossed. <laughs> sure. So either way, we knew people died. <laughs> yeah. And we knew they were in that space. So, so at, at this point in time, hey, start diehard Star Wars fans. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, I am not, I'm not a role playing game or book reader when it comes to this. I only remember the surface level stuff. And even though we just watched all the Star Wars, I, you know, I must not That's have right. taken enough notes. Nonetheless, you are here it's to all correct me. And that That's is right. perfect. But we knew that there was a story of how these plans oh, yeah. of the Death Star came about. And it also closed the, the loophole of how can you make this giant thing with such an easy way to blow it up from the central core? And now we yeah. understand that. Yeah. So so we don't know these. We don't we didn't know these characters at all. Almost zero of the characters right. that are the main you know, plot were, were in any other type of storyline that I know of. Did Jin Urso or Galen Urso or any of these characters ever show up in any of your role-playing games or books or anything that you've read? I mean, if they did, it would have been some seriously deep cuts from, <laughs> like, comics I didn't read or books I didn't read. Like, like yeah, 90% of the cast on this one was all completely new new people and situations. Never heard of Saw Gerrera, Never heard of, you know, half those folks. Which, again, I found... I found interesting and exciting. Yeah, I, I really liked. I really liked that. I also liked that this this Star Wars. I mean, it was still definitely very Star Wars, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of presentation and how things looked and and general, you know, pacing and so forth. But there's also something about the way this movie went that was a little a little new and a little different for Star Wars. Like Star Wars is is definitely you know sort of an action adventure sort of a thing with you know chases and space battles and people shooting blasters at each other and all that but to me rogue one almost it was like okay let's take star wars and make it kind of a mission impossible sort of a movie in the way in which you know the way the way it was put together and and directed and, and edited and stuff it it had a lot more of that sort of tension and drama to it than your you know, for lack of a better word, standard Star Wars fare. Is that just me, or do you, do you do you think that's that's the case for this one? No, I think there is something different. Now, granted, I think the heist movie really comes in when we talk about Solo. I think Solo is way more of a heist or James Bond-esque type yeah. of film yeah. than this one. There is a different vibe and tone to this in terms of, like, maybe the pacing. It is definitely Star Wars elements, Right from the get-go, you don't get the crawl. Because I think that was the big question I had, is how are they going to do it without the crawl? Right. And they did a pretty decent job. It was just like a uh, an abrupt, like, you know. It just kicked into it. Boom. And it, th- yeah. it, it kind of threw, threw you off because you see, you know, Star Wars, and then boom. No, no. It was weird enough, you know, with the previous movie because it didn't have, you know, the 20th Century Fox. Sure. 
fanfare yeah. that then goes into the Star Wars theme with the crawl and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. But at least we had the crawl. For this one, yeah, it just goes straight into, boom, planet, here's your thing. It, it yeah, was I, a little old jarring for those of us who are used to the old ways. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It still seemed familiar Ow. enough. And I like that yeah. they, they put, like, a, a little spin. And you can tell also with the music in this, it was like a Star Wars... It was like, you know, if you're trying to... Let's say you want to play... Um, you want to make a movie and you have an exact song in mind, but you don't get the licensing for it. So you're like, yeah. oh, screw it. I'm just going to make a song that sounds exactly like it. And that seems yeah. like the soundtrack for Rogue One was very much like, hey, we're going to take the soundtrack for New Hope, but we really don't have the rights for it. So let's right. make it sound like it, which it was, was it fine was, because I understood yeah. they were what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. But it was music inspired by <laughs> John exactly. Williams Star Wars almost. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it was still good which music. Is, don't get me wrong. But you could. But there were points where it's like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't complain. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that's what it was. You know, it was a matter of like when you would hear Star Wars, normally you would be like, all right, well, this would be like Leia's theme or Luke's theme. And said it was like, all right, here's the the knockoff version, you know, which is which is (laughs) fine. And and it's perfectly good. You know, I wrote, you know, before Mandalorian. So you think about it. We're all in the over hype about how the Mandalorian looks good and has the the right tone and and the right vibe, the right mix of technology and practical effects. And I felt this was the same. You Mm -hmm. know, I feel the Force Awakens had a little newer vibe. Like it was it was a slight, slightly cleaner, maybe where this one does feel like, hey, yeah, it would have been right before, right after a New Hope kind of style. Oh, yeah. With just you know, the droids and so forth looking way better. That's, I mean, you know, <laughs> because they have CG and everything involved. So yeah. you you see this quite quite frequently through it, and you're like, yeah, you know, I know this wasn't made in the 70s, but they made it look like it could lead in right to the New Hope and not be super disruptful, you know, when right. you say, well, obviously. You know, I don't think anybody's done that. I'm, I'm worried, disturbed, not worried, geez, but I, I wonder anyone's ever been like let's start with a rogue one and then go to new hope for the first time i'm like eh, i don't know if that works eh, i mean i imagine it could i mean it, it runs into see i kind of go back and forth because on the one hand there's part of me it's like well if you just start with rogue one you know there's things in there that you're not going to like what is this empire who is this rebellion yeah. why why are they doing this what what is going on here but then there's a part of me that thinks well, you're kind of in the same situation with it with with a new hope. Like one of the beauties of Star Wars was we give you enough to have a rough idea as to what's going on, but you don't know the whole I mean, there's an empire, but we don't meet the emperor until the third installment of the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. who is this who is this Darth Vader guy other than this scary man in a black armor outfit? Like I, maybe you could just start with Rogue One. Well, like I think you, it's it's a standalone film. You, I mean, really, when oh, it comes yeah. down to it, you can just watch it without to know anything well, yeah. else. Well, and it's because it yes, it does end with the you know them getting the Death Star plans, which immediately leads into Episode Four. But if you never watched Episode Four, like it's a movie in and of itself. Like okay, we've got a scientist who's forced to work for the bad guys and get separated from his family. And they go and find him, and they find out where the plans are, and then they've got to go actually get the plans and get them to the fleet, which they do. And, like, they escape at the end. Like, it does leave you hanging. You know that there's something next, but if you didn't find out what that something next was, I feel like you could completely enjoy Rogue One as a standalone unit if you really needed to or wanted to. Yeah, and I was, um, I remember the first time I watched, I went home and I I pulled out the, uh, 
at this time. I don't know if it was a DVD or, or what it was. But either way, I watched New Hope right afterwards because it makes oh, yeah. you want to watch A New Hope like right oh. away. Oh, yeah. It, it absolutely primes you for for getting right into that action for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and that goes to, you know, our CGI Princess Leia. But we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the uh, exciting elements, CGI and so much more from yep. our one. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken, but those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Benline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection justinbenline.com no personality no problem be beige todd we were just talking about how when you finish watching rogue one you right away want to watch a new hope and that's a lot of it comes down to princess leia i think her iconic lines was talking about hope which makes sense so what did you think of princess leia and and tarkin they were they were not physically there they were CGI representations. What was your thought? I was very impressed with the CGI Tarkin. It is very well done. Like, I kind of feel like if I didn't know that Peter Cushing was no longer among us, I might have thought that that was him. Like, it was very convincing CGI. Knowing that it was CGI, I can look and go, yep, that's CGI. But I kind of I kind of feel like if, like I said, if, if I didn't know that it was if I would have been fooled, it's that good. Yeah, I was, um, I actually didn't know. Now, granted, I knew the gentleman was dead, probably. I mean, he was pretty old in the films. Uh, but when I was in the theater, I just assumed they got a look like actor. And I just didn't look for those elements to see if it was CGI. And I remember when I first read that online, or you told me or something, I was kind of like jaw dropped, like, really? Like, I couldn't yeah. even tell. Like, where you knew Princess Leia was, but that's also because, I don't know, you've seen her a million times. And yeah, I wasn't as impressed with this, with the print, like this princess Leia one was not as convincing to me, not the first time around. And I, and you know, I've watched the movie, you know, a few times now and on the most recent watch through, I was like paying particular attention and I'm like, somehow it seems like it's more convincing to me after multiple viewings than it was, but it's still not quite there. And I think, yeah, it goes back to, we've seen a whole lot more of princess Leia slash Carrie Fisher. Like the only thing I think I've ever seen Peter Cushing in was the original Star Wars. Yeah, and he's not, and he's, you know, and he he you he's know he only plays, there for brief. He, he plays yeah. an important role, but it's not a major role. Like he's not yeah. got that much screen time. Whereas you know, Princess Leia is like one of the big three for the first three films. Plus, we know she's obviously CGI because we just saw her in snippets of The Force Awakens. And she's, Absolutely, you know, but. I mean, I still think it was good. I'm glad that she was only in for that one scene. Like, I feel like if she had a whole bunch of screen time in there, A, I probably wouldn't have been real happy with CGI, and B, I thought this wasn't a Skywalker film, people. You know, like, so it works out well. I think they did did a really good job with it. But yeah, I I was kind of blown away with the the Tarkin-Pierre Cushing job that they did. Yeah, and um, I don't. I know by the time this you know releases, you'll see this. But uh, Stranger Things, uh, what's her Millie Millie Brown, I believe. Yeah. Have you seen 
her the deep fake of her being Princess Leia yet? I have not. Okay, well, look that up. Everybody look that up because it is about as amazing as possible. She looks exactly like a young Princess Leia in A New Hope. So hopefully that becomes a thing and we get ourselves a Princess Leia story or whatever because that was it, it, it is fantastic. When you're done <laughs> recording, go look it up. You'll be impressed. But moving forward, I, I will say that my favorite character uh, – well, I would say this. I enjoyed the group. Uh, my oh, yeah. favorite character was was it, what K two S O. Of the, course, the droid that, was yeah. uh, amazing. His <laughs> his his humor and uh, was is just awesome. He's he's great in this, and um, I I could go for more. And that was the by far. I to me, I just looked at it many times walking around. I'm like, that's so convincing to know that's not even there. It's just CG. You know, it's it's amazing what technology has done and allowed. Because how would you have done that with the old films? You couldn't. You couldn't have not. You that droid would not have existed. You know. No, and and yeah, Alan Tudyk does a does a great job <laughs> voicing him. Yeah, I would say if I had to pick my favorite out of the crew, there, he he's he's definitely in contention for that for sure and uh, uh which call it his i don't even know how to pronounce it all right can i'll say the the jedi light gentleman uh, his name is donnie yen in real life but it's like sure it? It. yeah <laughs> it's like i'm yeah. like oh, i don't know um he was I, I thought he was fantastic i liked his vibe like being i don't know if he's force sensitive or he's you know has the super daredevils you know abilities because of you know heightened awareness uh, from being blind but i thought his character was great and it kind of what this movie needed in a sense of like it is star wars it is jedi but we don't necessarily need to see or have things you know floating around or being able to manipulate things i thought he he was yeah. pretty fantastic yeah him and i think him and his partner made for a, a very effective combo to have in with the group yeah and it's 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 not really spelled out too explicitly is he a jedi is he just does he have no actual force abilities but he's just real keen on the general concept of the jedi is it somewhere in between like clearly dude's got some skills oh yeah running around blind and kicking as much ass as he does but they don't come out and say oh yeah no he's he's a jedi he just doesn't have a lightsaber or nope he's just a normal dude who because it seemed like in most of the scenes where he's about to, you know, shit's about to go down, they would splice it down and they'd like cut to him, him hearing, you know, somebody mm -hmm. stepping like like they, sure. they 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 cut it in such a way that you could easily make an argument that, no, he's just got, you know, really good hearing and is very skilled at what he does. And there's nothing supernatural going on here. But you could also make an argument that, you know, he used to be, you know, one of the the people at the temple and actually has a little force sensitive situation going on and that helps him. I could see it go either way. And I think I'm happy either way. Like, I think it's, I, I think you're right that for it to be star Wars, you kind of need some sort of connection to the force and somebody in there, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be a Jedi. You don't have to have a lightsaber. You don't have to be, you know, full blown space wizard. And I think that if they had done that, it would have sort of taken away from Jin and Cassian and the rest of them. Like Jedi tend to become the stars of the show just because yeah. they've got all this nifty stuff going on. And I think playing it down a little bit like they did with Chirrut worked out real well. Yeah, I would, ag I would agree that having him on board was, was great. I, I personally think that he, he and his partner is, it were probably more 
compelling or at least more interesting to me than, you know, maybe even Jin or Cassian, which is funny because I think Cassian's getting his own Disney Plus spinoff show, or at least oh, it's yeah. been rumored and so forth. And I'm just like, nah, man, I would rather I'd rather have Turret and what's his name, Bays or yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't I would I would watch that show. The adventures of Turret and, and Bays just oh, running around oh, doing their thing. Well, oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you could make it work. Um, oh. Another, and, and probably the most famous actor in this entire, you know, film was probably Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero. And I don't know. So whoever, you know, you're, the people, you know, that are big Star Wars fans will be screaming. He was in a, he was in an animated show. He was either in Clone Wars or Rebels. He was referenced, and that was a throwback that I remember people saying, oh, they brought in Saul Guerrero. Or... Or it could have been the other way around, where they brought him afterwards on one of those shows. It'd yeah. probably be what, maybe Clone Wars? Then could be. I don't know. When was when is Rebels? It would, you watch Rebels? When is that? Well, time frame? I, haven't, I haven't. Well, Rebels is you know, it's a it's around about the time of Episode Four. I think it's pre Battle of Yavin, if memory serves. At least the part of the Rebels that I'm watching. And again, I haven't watched them all. And yeah, you know, know. now that I, I am watching them well after the fact, so I couldn't tell you which came first or which was the first reference to Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I enjoyed his representation here. I thought it was pretty interesting how they had him. I think his tone and his demeanor and how he was talking was interesting and, and probably not. I don't think there's anything that's cloned or duplicated it. it you know, he had this like nice pace uh, mm-hmm. that was just different and it gave him a kind of a. I don't know his the way he was talking and stuff kind of gave him a backstory that you knew yeah. he, this guy went through some shit and you yeah. just don't know what it was <laughs> but you could just tell from just just the way he presented himself which was yeah. which was fun and you know he was kind of mysterious and he had his little breathing tank thing that he would you know for dramatic effect and stuff it was great yeah. I I enjoyed his character and and the entire troop uh, but I probably enjoyed most you know they went to one of the planets where the uh, star destroyer was harvin- harvesting the uh, the rocks or the cyber crystals or so forth. Right. And they bump they bump into our friends from the cantina. Do you, you, you oh do you yeah. remember that scene? Yeah. Doctor was... Evazon and Ponda Baba wandering through the uh, streets of Jetta City. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, well, I see needed, that one. That one that. didn't make as much <laughs> sense for me because yeah, well, for them I to would... be there. And I guess especially like at the time watching it for the first time, I'm like, oh, haha, okay, that's fun, that's a cute little thing. But then it got to the end where it's like, okay, oh shit, this literally goes like count to five, and it's episode four starts. Hey, wait a minute, those guys that were back on Jetta City are now suddenly somehow in Tatooine hanging out. What's going? Like, I don't know. It kind of well, fell apart for me. But I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, you don't, why don't we get a little spinoff miniseries and find out what the heck they were up to? I'm assuming they went right to, you know, they were up to no good and they made themselves. And that's probably why they were so testy on in the cantina as a long flight, you know. Well, flight. could be Eric. Fair enough. So, I mean, so either way, I, I enjoyed throwbacks like that. And I, you know, me, there wasn't a lot of characters or creatures, I should say, in this. There were several, you know, one of the main gentlemen, I think really. The, the main henchman or the guy that was kind of grabbing people for Saw Guerrero was one of the few. I'm not sure what the heck species that were, that was. He, he yeah, spoke don't up. ask me either. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's original or 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 what have you. Almost uh, extra crispy. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. But he was one of the few that actually spoke a different language, you know, in this. So yeah. that was the only um, 
you know, translation, you know, uh, closed caption. Subtitles, need, yeah. Yeah, subtitles. There yeah. we go. You know your words. Yeah, either way. <laughs> but I think, I think the probably the scene or what most people ended up talking about after this said and done, because I think it was pretty well. I mean, I'm looking at IMDb. It was a 7.8 out of 10. You know, with nearly a half million people voted on it. I'm not sure where I would be, but I will tell you the most iconic scene and what had most people talking was pretty much within the last five, ten minutes. Uh, not only oh. was it a crazy ending, we all knew what was going to happen. Uh, here's here's spoiler for everyone if you, you know, really don't want to be spoiled. Everyone dies, every single one of them. Every last oh, yeah. character that we talk about dies. And then we get to see the Darth Vader that we always wanted to see uh explain i i know we probably talked about it one another spoiling star wars but this scene was so badass and maybe one of the best star wars scenes i've seen ever uh explain todd if you have the same feelings or not but explain what we what we got to witness at the end of this film absolutely coming to the end they they've they've just got the the plans beamed up to to the mothership and they're you know we're watching them basically blow up the ground crew like everybody we've watched all movie is is rapidly on their way to death we just got the plans up to the up to the ship and they you know they're downloaded onto this little diskette thing and we've got to get get these over to the princess and you know they're running through and their alarms going off because they're under attack by the imperials and there's you know a boarding party on its way and the doors aren't working and we're all just scrambling to make it happen and the lights go dark and all the rebels are you know looking down the hallway what the hell's coming and it's pitch black and all you see is the red lightsaber light up and just off of the light from the red lightsaber you can make out you know the shape of darth vader and if ever there's a time where you're sitting in a movie theater and your whole body tells you shit's about to go down that is what that moment was and then it's the darth vader that as darth vader should have been in episode four if they'd have known what Darth Vader was going to be, if that makes any sense. Like the lightsaber fight between him and Obi-Wan compared to every other lightsaber fight you've seen seems really lame, but you got to keep in mind, this was the first lightsaber fight. They, you know, Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know that they knew Jedi were supposed to be these acrobatic bounce around, go crazy with your bullshit kind of guys at the time. They, they doubt it back and course corrected with Vader because he just walks through that hallway, just kicking every single one of the asses and deflecting blaster bolts, cutting motherfuckers in half, force choking them, throwing them up against the ceiling. Like he, he uses, he best. uses every single technique and trick he's got. And then finally, the dude finally just jams the plans through the opening in the door. It's like, take it, take it. And they finally run, you know, and they get free and it just ends with him standing at the end of the airlock, watching the ship get away. And, you know, you can't see his face cause he's in a helmet. But you just know he's got that, you know, God damn you motherfuckers, I'll get you look on That's his face. It. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. It was, I would say, hands down, the best lightsaber scene in a Star Wars that doesn't involve, you know, two lightsabers fighting. Well, I mean, it, it was it was complete badass. And it's yeah. the equivalent of if, like, you're in an action movie and, the, and, and you know something's going to blow up in the distance and the star's just casually walking. Like, imagine mm-hmm. that walk and that strut while killing people with a lightsaber because that's what it felt like it was just like oh yeah it wasn't it was so he wasn't putting the energy it was just too easy for him you know it was yeah. beautiful uh and and to me that was 
that was just the iconic moment and it was all like this is darth vader mother you know and it got you excited <laughs> right. and oh and yeah and that last it was worth the price of admission just to see that last seven minutes of oh, just yeah. chaos craziness and then you know and it made sense for leia to you know to talk about hope and it just made you like i'm talking about it right now and i'm like yep gotta go watch a new hope so like, <laughs> this is like the perfect appetizer for the trilogy which it's almost said that you shouldn't watch it as an appetizer just it's a weird star wars has created such a weird dynamic in terms of what the hell do you watch at what point in time but boy i'm happy they made them all and and i thought this was a very successful launch of a standalone star wars film yeah and we would see another one come out in two years which uh, might have been the death of these standalone star wars films but uh not yeah. by its own not by its own right in my opinion and i think that's something we'll talk about probably in our next episode todd yes. do you want to tie a bow on rogue ones yeah i think that covered most of it without us getting into you know particularly ridiculous minutiae i mean i'm not going to let this story end without you know, mentioning that I think it's a little weird that a little kid who is hanging out hidden from the Empire because her dad doesn't want to work for the Empire has a stormtrooper doll. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw uh, yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I think that's a little weird, but you know, hey, whatever, to, whatever works. Like Eric said, next time we we get together for a spoiling Star Wars, we will talk about Solo, of which I have several opinions, as I'm sure does Eric. So thank you, Eric, for joining us for. Spoiling Star Wars once again. Thank you, listeners. And until next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Watching it back this time... Like, there was basically one part that I'm like, you know what? We could have done without this, and it would have been great. And that is the whole, the creature, the brain-sucky creature. Oh, the, the, the gully. Poor gullet, yeah. I feel like we could have done without that. Like, that just seemed oh, I, unnecessary to me. Well, the only thing is, I enjoyed how Saw Gerrera said it. That <laughs> is, gullet. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I think that's, that's fair. the reason it was there. They're like, hmm. They had it in the script. They had him read it, and they're like, I love how he says it. I guess we got to put it in the movie. 